0: 1 John chapter 5 this morning in our Bibles, 1 John chapter 5, we'd like to read responsibly this morning, verses 5 through 10, allow me to begin reading in verse number 5 and I will read the three odd numbered verses, would you read with me verses 6, 8 and 10 in unison, once again this is 1 John chapter 5 and verses 5 through 10 and reading responsively. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God hath gave to his Son. May God, add his blessing, to the reading of his word, let's make our prayer. Now, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit of God, I happen to believe that this is the most important hour of our week, so I pray that you would speak to every heart, beginning with a Christian. Lord, we pray for those that know not Christ as Savior, Lord, Holy Spirit of God, do the work in their heart that only you can do. We'll be sure to praise you for it. Lord, now anoint this meeting, anoint this service with your power and your presence, we pray, and we ask these things again in Jesus' name, amen. First John chapter 5, our 32nd message, we just review two of our previous messages, as we ended two weeks ago, John's hymn of love from 1 John 4, 7 to 1 John 5, 5, our last verse was verse 5, notice it once again with me please, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. We preached a message three weeks ago now entitled, I Know God and His Love Brings Confidence and a Peace that Passes Understanding because we're children of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Two weeks ago we preached a message entitled, I Know Victory from verse number four of the previous uh, verse here. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory You only find that word victory in our King James Bible 12 times. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now I'm going to submit to you this morning that this passage of Scripture before us, verses 6 through verse number 10, could very well probably be the most complicated, most deepest, most profound verses of all of 1 John, the entire book, and maybe of the entire Bible. This is some heavy-duty stuff that we're going to look at this morning. But I want you to notice, not a key verse, but rather a key word. And the key word unlocks the, the text, and we can, by looking at this key word, it'll help to um, define our text and our, our premise this morning. Notice with me, please, verse number six, the Bible says, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that beareth... Help me out with the next word, please. Witness. Because the spirit is truth. Again, look at verse number seven, a different word, but the same word as we're going to find out. For there are three that bear record. Verse number eight. And there are three that bear... What's the word? Help me out. Witness in earth. Verse number nine. Three times you'll see the word witness, witness, witness. Verse number ten... He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. And the last part of verse 10 says, He believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And verse 11 says, And this is the record. Nine times you find that word witness, or record. In the Greek language for the record, it's the same word. It's the word martyrio. We get an English word from that. Several derivatives of that Greek word. But the English word is martyrio. What do you think the English word is? Somebody knows it, I know. Martyr. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. That word, witness. So the key word of the passage is witness or record, same word. And what is a martyr? Someone that bears record, someone that's willing to die for what they believe because they know it's the truth. You don't die for a cunningly devised fable, you die for the truth. You die for what you know, what you know, you bear record of. And so you can bet your life, a witness is someone that bets their life on the truth. Jesus said on John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the what? Truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In John chapter 15, verse 26, Jesus spoke of the comforter, the Holy Spirit. He says, but when the Comforter has come... Whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth. He shall guide you into all truth, later on in chapter 16 of John, it says. And so I want to speak to you this morning on the truth. I want to bear witness. I want to bear record. I want to give testimony. I want to give truth to, a, to the in your face truth that we find in this passage of Scripture, beginning in verse number six. And here it is The record is irrefutable. I'm reading from the in your face truth. The record is in your irrefutable. Jesus, remember the word? John 1 14. And the word was made what? Flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Help me out. And the word was God. So the record is irrefutable. Jesus, the word, became flesh. He was a man. No gender uh, confusion there. He was a man. He became flesh. Yet Jesus shed, here's the fill in the blank word, shed God's blood. The Bible says in Acts 20, verse 28, listen carefully. Paul said to the Ephesian elders, Take heed thereunto to yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the church of God. Whose church is this, by the way? It's God's church. To feed the church of God, which he, who's the he preceding of, who's he talking about? It's talking about God, which he purchased with his own blood. And so the record is irrefutable. Jesus became flesh, He he was a man, yet Jesus shed God's blood, being very God himself. Isaac Watts said it this way, amazing love, how can it be that thou my God didst die for me? We're talking about the in-your-face truth this morning, and I ask you the question, if there's anyone that's halting, how long halt you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, serve him. We're here to serve the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, to serve God. J. Oswald Senator, said it this way, this is the foundational of all Christianity right here in these verses before us. Without Jesus being God, we have no no Christianity at all. J. Oswald Sanders said it this way, "If if Jesus is not God, then there is no Christianity. And we who worship him are nothing more than idolaters. Conversely, if he is God, those who say he was merely a good man or even the best of men are blasphemers. More seriously still, if he is not God, then he is a blasphemer. In the fullest sense of the word, if he is not God, he is not even good. I want you to know there's no middle ground here. What think ye of Jesus Christ? He's God. He's not only the Son of God, as the text tells us, but he's God the Son. Behold, great is the mystery of God, and it is God was manifested in the flesh, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. We're talking about this mystery of all mysteries. I don't have to understand it. I just believe it by faith. I don't have to process it. I just have to make it a part of my life and say, yes, God, I believe God, and every man a liar. But I want you to notice now as we begin this passage, as we dissect verse by verse, some of the toughest verses in probably all the Bible, I want you to note the irrefutable record, the witness that's born, the testimony of truth. Notice verse number 6, just a two-fold outline this morning here. The witness of the Spirit to the Son and the witness of the Spirit to the, to the, to the uh, sons of God or children of God or the saints, rather. The witness of the Spirit to the Son. Notice what it says. Verse number 6, one more time. Well, we have to start with verse number 5, the latter part of the verse. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that be- believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. If you believe Jesus is the Son of God, how about an amen this morning? He's the Son of God, but he's also God the Son. And every Christian understands that, believes that. He goes on to say this, verse 6. This is he that came, Jesus the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood. Notice, first of all, this morning here, the witness of the water we have a question this morning. What is the water? I want you to take your Bibles, please, everyone, and turn to Matthew chapter 3, please. Matthew chapter 3. And while you're turning there, admittedly, there's a number, there's, a, there's debate within the, with theologians and down through the centuries as to what the water of 1 John 5 6 is talking about. Some believe that the water is talking about. That, that of a pure life. Now, in Jesus, he is the water of life, and he, makes, uh, he can make a life pure. That's true. Some say Alexander of, uh, or Clement of Alexander, one of the so-called earlier church fathers of the third century, said that the water of 1 John 5, 6 is referring to the water of regeneration. Titus 3.5 says this, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. There is a, listen, I said it many times, but we're going to go to heaven freed by the blood of Jesus Christ, but we're also going to heaven washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. There is a washing of water by the word, the Bible says. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 24. 23, excuse me, I believe it is. And others believe that the water, back in 1 John chapter 5, now we're going to, I told you to turn to Matthew 3, that the water is referring to the human body. Google how much, as I did the other day, how much of our body is made up of water. The Wikipedia answer is between 50 and 75% of our body is made up of water. When we're kids, babies, about 75% of us, 75% of it or the baby is water. The older we get, the less water we have. We get down to us old folks. You're down to about 50% of your body mass is, is water. We lose water. And you lose too much water, no pun intended, you're going to die. No water, no life. So some believe that the water is Referring to the regeneration work, it's referring to a pure life that's found in Christ. But I think the water, now here's what we have to do, we have to take the Bible in its context. We have to look at the life of Jesus, who this, is the, this text, 1 John 5, 6, is testifying about. this Son of God. Look at verse number 13 of Matthew chapter 3. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan... Unto John to be baptized of him. I've been to Jordan now. Somewhere along that 200 mile snake long river that runs about 75 miles, Jesus was baptized by John, but there was a protest first by John the Baptist or Baptizer. He said, But John forbade him, verse 14, and said, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. You see, John was administering the baptism of repentance to a wayward nation of Israel. And he said, I, you need no repentance. He said earlier, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. You don't get baptized to wash away your sins. You get baptized because your sins are washed away. Baptism doesn't save anybody. Baptism doesn't regenerate anybody. Jesus didn't need to repent of anything. And that's why John said, hold it, Lord. I'm the one that needs to repent. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. I'm the sinner. You're the Savior. You should baptize me. But I want you to notice what Jesus said very carefully. Verse number 15. And Jesus answering and said unto him, Suffer it. That's our old King James English. Allow it to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him, or he allowed him. You see, the water, we ask the question, what is the water? Jesus, we see that when he was 30 years of age, the Bible tells us in another passage of Scripture, that he was baptized, began his public ministry. And it goes on to say this, verses 16 to 17, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. Now, By the way, let me be kind as I can possibly be here and not try to be funny or fresh or smart aleck or anything. The Bible says when Jesus went up straightway out of the water, that doesn't sound like sprinkling to me. That doesn't sound like pouring to me. I think if we believe the Scriptures, I think Jesus went down into the water like the Ethiopian eunuch. I think he came up out of the water. I think that's what the Bible's telling us. I think Jesus was immersed. In fact, I don't think he was immersed. I know he was immersed. Well there. You see, he was picturing the death, burial, and resurrection of his soon sacrifice on Calvary's cross and his burial and his resurrection the third day. And I don't know. I want you to notice what happened when Jesus was baptized, not to fulfill, not to, to be uh, regenerated, not to get life or not to repent, but he did it, the Bible, he tells us why he did this. He already said in the preceding verse, he says, thus it becomes to fulfill all righteousness. And notice what happened in verse number 16, the latter part of the verse. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, lighting upon him. And the heavens opened up, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. And so what does the water of 1 John 5, 6, you can turn back there now, please. What does the water of 1 John 5, 6 picture? Well, it pictures Christ's manner of life, his perfect obedience. How many are trying to be obedient in Christ? Say amen. That was a pretty weak amen. A lot of you aren't trying. (laughs) Now, how many have been disobedient before? That's an old me. We've all been guilty. None of us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know these things. But Jesus was perfect in all points. You see, the water speaks of his humanity. We're 75% water. He took upon himself the robe of flesh. He became man in the likeness of sinful man. He died for our sins. The water speaks of his humanity. 1 Peter 3.18 says this, For Christ also has suffered for us, the just for the unjust, the perfect for the imperfect, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened or made alive by the Spirit. Romans 8.3 says, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. So the water then pictures the manner of life. He's defining, he's testifying who Jesus Christ is back to 1 John 5, 6. This is he that came by water. He became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He came with water, but he came not not only with water, but with blood. And so we ask the question, what about the witness of the blood? What is the blood? The, The blood I'm referring to of 1 John 5, 6. How many know your blood type? Raise your hand. Somebody help me out. Janet, what's your blood type? B? B? Oh, somebody else. Over here. Give me another. D, what's your blood type? O negative. O-. How many people are positive here? <laughs> I'm just having fun with you. She's negative. You're positive. But that was supposed to be a joke. But anyhow. <laughs> I, we all have a blood type. The blood comes from the, the, the blood does come from the father, does come from the mother. The blood, I understand in the embryo, that that blood is specifically, in fact, the blood of the mother doesn't touch the blood of the, the child, that could be dangerous. And the same with the, the, the father, it's an embryo, it's, it's, and it's, life is a gift from God. God creates that blood and give you that type of blood that you have. But what blood is this talking about? This is he that came by water and blood. Well, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, you need not turn there, but I think it helps us out. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold. Again, I'm not trying to be harsh, I'm just being factual. Today around America and around the world, thousands of churches, tens of thousands, yes, hundreds of thousands of churches and cathedrals People are coming and they're paying money to light some candles. They're doing what's called indulgences. They're trying to buy their way out of a place called purgatory that's not found in the Bible. They're trying to redeem their sins by their silver and gold. For as much, the word of God says, as ye are not redeemed by silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of men, but with the precious blood of Christ. I want you to know the blood in your body, oh, it's precious, it keeps you alive, but I want you to know there's a precious blood, a perfect blood, there's a blood, that incorruptible blood of the Lord Jesus Christ when he died on the cross. His blood never knew sin. He, He gave that, therefore, what is this blood? this blood pictures his manner of death. If the water pictures his manner of life and his perfect obedience, then the blood pictures his manner of death and perfect sacrifice. When the soldier speared the side of the Lord Jesus, after he said those words, it is finished. The Bible says, and he pierced his side, and forthwith came out blood and water. The song says it this way, broken and spilled out. Jesus was broken on the cross, not a body, not a bone was broke, but he broke, he's broken completely, his water spilled out, his blood spilled out, his blood was shed, he laid down his life, no man took his life from him. The Bible says about this perfect sacrifice, Hebrews 10.10, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. You see, it's not possible for the blood of bulls and of goats to take away sin. Never was, never will be. It can only cover sin. That's right, John Riley said those words, Behold the Lamb of God, that didn't, he didn't say that covers the sins of the world, he said that it takes away the sins of the world. You see, so we have this, this blood speaks of perfect sacrifice, but then this blood, conversely the water speaks of his humanity, but the blood speaks of his deity. Amazing love, how can it be that thou my God didst die for me? We call it the theanthropic union. I love that. The God-man union. I preached last weekend four messages on fathers out in Michigan, of course. And one of my sub points was during one of the messages was that all of us human, mere mortal males were all flawed men. But he's the God-man. You see, all God, all man. You say, how can that be? Pastor Palmer said it well this morning. With God, where men things are impossible, with God all, God, all things are possible. And so this perfect sacrifice, this blood speaks of deity. Then I want you to notice verse number 7 through 10 as we move forward here. And I want you to notice the witness of the Spirit to the saints. First of all, we see the witness of the Spirit to the Son, or of the Son. But now, the witness of the Spirit to the saints. Notice what the Word of God says. For there are three that bear record, that bear witness, that give testimony in heaven. Notice the character of this witness. The character of this witness. There's three that bear witness to this fact. That Jesus came by water. He came with his humanity. He came with perfect obedience to fulfill all righteousness. That he came, with all, he came by blood. He, was, he shed the blood of God to take away our sins, a perfect sacrifice. But now this is he. Excuse me, for there are three that bear record. The Bible says in heaven. Notice, first of all, in the heavenly realm. You see, there's three voices that give separate testimony in the heavenly realm. First of all, the Bible says, "For there are three that bear record in heaven: the Father." Oh, I think of the Father. We were at Sean DeLuLio's bedside yesterday, I, I know it's graphic and it's, it's hard to even hear, but Sean lost part of his foot; it was had it amputated on Wednesday. He's a blue collar worker. He's got to walk on his feet eight hours a day for his job. He said the same job for 20 years. He now has one and a half feet. I shared with him Romans chapter 8, verse 31. After having already shared with him before he went into surgery on Wednesday, Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. I told him, Sean, it's not good that you're losing your foot. In and of itself, it's not good. But all things work together for good to them that love God. And then the word of God says these words in 831. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? God is on our side. If you're on God's side, if you're his child, and we've had message after message in this first John that buttresses this truth. That we're greater as he that is in us than he that is in the world. That we're born of God, that we're overcomers, that we're victorious. If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also freely give us all things? If God sent his son into the world and God gave his son, that we might have life. Well, how shall he not also freely give us all things? You see, in the heavenly realm, there's the testimony, first of all, the Father, but then not only the Father, verse number seven. For there are three that bear record in heaven the Father and the Word. Notice the capital W. We've already quoted John 1 1, John 1 14. And the Word was made flesh. Millions of words in hundreds of different languages. They're all words, W R D. But this is the word, capital W. And I might add capital O, capital R, capital D. This is the word of words. This is the living word. This is talking about none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I want you to notice the heavenly realm that the Father gives testimony, that he is the Son, that he's he's God. The word himself, the Lord Jesus Christ gives testimony. But then the Bible goes on to say, verse number 7, and the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives testimony nine times in the scriptures. You'll find a verse that says, has this phrase, The Spirit of Veritas Truth, in the Latin language and Vulgate. But the Spirit of Truth. He shall guide you in all truth, for he will not speak of himself. So the Father is the great adversary of the world. 1 John two fifteen sixteen. 16, we preach a message on it. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The Father is the great adversary of the world. This world is not my home, I'm just passing through. The Spirit is the great enemy of the flesh. The Spirit lusts against the flesh, and these two are contrary one to another. And it's a battle between the flesh and between the Spirit. Between the old nature and the new nature, the new man and the old man. And then the son is the foe of the devil. Remember when Jesus, after he was baptized, went up into the mountain for 40 days to be tempted of the devil. And each time the devil tried to tempt him, he answered him by how? The what? The word of God. The word of God bears witness. The word of God is our victor. See, three voices giving separate testimony, but not only three voices giving separate testimony, but back to verse 7 for the last time. Bible goes on to say and it ends with these words: "And these three are one." I've already quoted First Timothy three sixteen. Greatest mystery of godliness. I can't explain to you the Trinity. I admit it. Let me take my glass of water for a moment here. My bottle of water. What is that? H, help me out. Oh, you're so smart. Liquid H2O. Now we got the AC running because there's a little bit too much H2O in the air. We call it vapor. And back in my refrigerator or back in your refrigerator or if you have a freezer, sometimes I like to drink some liquid. Sometimes I like to suck on an ice cube and you suck on it, and it turns to liquid, water. That water gets too warm, and it turns into vapor. That vapor gets too cold, and it condescends, goes back to liquid. That liquid can turn into ice. And all of it, admittedly, a poor illustration, but all of it is H2O and nothing more and nothing less. And I want you to know that my God my God, the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit—not three gods. Don't let anybody tell you Christianity believes in three gods. We're not polytheists. Or monotheists. We're monotheist. We're Trinitarians—one God manifested in three persons. That's a mystery. You know these people that think they can figure out God, and that if you can't figure Him out, then there must be a flaw in our theology. I—I was I, somebody last this past week. I—I pulled out my cell phone. My lovely cell phone. I just I, pardon me. I just—I—I—I almost—I kind of get rid of my cell phone. You know what I'm saying? Are you there with me yet? Or the kids would say, "No." <laughs> I'm saying I could get rid of it tomorrow. If you knew, well, never mind. Back to the message. So I pulled out my cell phone. and I was with somebody, and I said, "Well, give me your number. Ten digits." Go. Call. I'm going to tell you what happened. Zap, 3,000 miles up into the air, up to a satellite. Zap down to his phone. He's got my one second. Pardon me, I was just, it was amazing. Samsung, at and Verizon, whoever it is. Apple. Boom, bang, boom. Marty shot in terminology. I can't figure that out. But I know it works. Now, if I can't figure out a cell phone, but I just believe it works, how much more? How arrogant it is to say, well, that doesn't make sense. I don't believe that Trinity stuff. That, uh, that's, uh, that's pagan, uh, that's idolatry. No, it's not. The word of God declares it. And we believe it. I believe it. And so we see the heavenly realm, then we see the human realm, verse 8. Look what it says quickly. And there are three, as if three, the three that bear record in heaven are not enough. Notice the earthly realm now, or the, the human realm. There are three that bear witness in earth. And here are the three. Number one, the Spirit. The Spirit bears witness in us. There's a lot of things I don't know. But I know by God's grace and by His Spirit, I have His Spirit. If you're here and you're not a child of God, you may think that's silly speak. But I know whom I believed in. I feel His presence. I feel His presence. In my personal life. Sometimes, not all times, I come to church, I feel his presence in church. Oh, he's a spirit. The spirit not, hath not flesh and bones, but I feel him. I know he's real. You see, the spirit bears witness with my spirit that I am a son of God. You can't take that away from me. You can try to talk me out of it if you want to. Go ahead, have, have a ball, try it. It'll never work. I know. The Spirit of God in me. It bears witness in this earth to me. For there are three that that bear witness in the earth. The Spirit and the water. Now once again, some so-called controversy. or division between so-called theologians. And I'm open for... I'm sure I've been wrong about a number of things. Regards even scripturally. But I think this water... If the spirit bears witness in us, the water bears witness by us. Go back, we don't need to turn there, but we go back to Matthew chapter 3, and Jesus baptized there, and his disciples were baptized, and they all died martyrs death, save John, the writer of this epistle. We get baptized and we throw a party. There's been people down through the centuries that get baptized that now have just signed their death warrant. It's a testimony. It's a pardon me. It's a coming out of the closet. I'm a child of God and I'm not ashamed of Him. I believe He died on the cross for me. He was buried and He rose again. It's a public profession of an inward possession. I think the water, it's those that bear witness on earth. The water where we say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes through the Jew first and also to the Greek. In Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. In the name, singular. We are baptized as a witness, as a testament, to bear record that we believe that he is. That he died. That he was buried and he rose again. He's coming again. And so we see this human realm of the Spirit bears witness in us. The water bears witness by us. But then back to verse number 8, it says in the blood. And I want you to notice the blood is, bears witness to us. Hebrews 12:24 tells us And Jesus, the mediator of the New covenant and the blood of the sprinkling that, that, that speaketh, speaketh, that speaketh, let me try that again, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. The word of God is quick, and it's alive and powerful, Hebrews 4:12. "Your blood is alive, but there's blood that flows. In the heart and life, the heart and the, the, the body of every Christian, it's the blood of Jesus Christ. That blood. James Genesis 4:10, listen to this it's not in your worksheet. I would encourage you to write this verse down. When A, A, Cain slew Abel, the Bible says, and he said, "That's Jehovah God, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. The blood speaks." And another day, another message, but you study out Hebrews chapter 9. And I believe the Old Testament tabernacle was just a figure, the figure, Bible tells us, of things to come. And Jesus anointed his blood on the altar of mercy seat once for all. Never again does it need to be done. No more mass needed. No more sacraments needed. No more sacrifice. No more giving of, of uh, good works of wrong deeds. No more blood of bulls and goats. The sacrifice has been completed, Jesus Christ. There's the human realm. But then verses 9 and 10, notice what it says. If we receive the witness of men, notice the witness of God is greater. Notice that there be on our worksheet the credibility of the witness. The credibility of the witness, first first of all, the commendation. I'm not against doctors. I have a huge respect for doctors. I figure about 99 times out of 100, they probably know more than I do, physically speaking. You know what I'm saying? I'd be foolish not to live, listen to somebody that went to school for 10 or 12 years and spent his or her life in trying to, uh, in a certain discipline of, of anatomy, to try to figure out how to heal somebody. I would be kind of foolish not to listen to that doctor, but the doctor's words are not God's words. And believe it or not, doctors make mistakes. If I need a legal issue, I, I would go to, if I have a legal question and I need a serious one, I'd go to a lawyer. Lawyers get a lot of bashing. But when you got a problem and you got a legal problem, you want to go to a good lawyer. But even good lawyers can tell you wrong, wrong information. Whatever the science is, or is is, if I want to find out knowledge, we have hundreds and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of kids going off to college this fall. They're going to go to a professor of whatever, fill in the blank. And they're going to believe those professors because they're the authority. They're witnesses, right? They bear record, right, of their particular science, their particular ism. Verse 9: If we receive the witness of men, you'll believe the lawyer, you'll believe the doctor, you'll believe the physician, you'll believe the, fill in the blank, the professor. But the Bible says this, the witness of God is greater. If you want to offend me by saying, I don't believe a word you're saying, you can say that and it might, it might hurt me a little bit, but there's plenty of people that don't believe anything I've been saying the last 40 minutes. If it's Marty Schatzworth, that's okay, I'm okay with it. That's all right. I was telling somebody not too long ago that as Christians, we suffer a lot of rejection. I'm in a friendly crowd. Most of you believe in everything I'm saying this morning. But we suffer a lot of rejection. But some of you believe what's been said only because Marty Schatz said it. But I want you to know there's one one greater than a preacher. There's one greater than men. The witness of God is greater. You can be offensive to me or offensive to that person and say, I don't believe what you're saying, but... To say to an almighty, thrice-holy God, I don't, I don't believe that, God. That's, that's the epitome of blasphemy. That's the epitome of rejection. So we see the commendation, and then lastly we see verse number 10. Notice what it says. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Notice the credibility of the witness in its conviction. I know whom I believed in. I know I'm on my way to heaven. I know I've been born again. I know Jesus saved me. Now, I don't know a lot of things, but I know a few things. And I know the most foundational thing to know. And so the truth to know is simply this. There are many things I do not know, but I know that Jesus is God. That's the foundation of all of Christianity. And that all my Christianity is placed in my believing and in my receiving of Him. On Christ, William Bradbury wrote the song. We'll sing it in a moment. My hope is built on nothing less, and by the way, nothing more than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. You don't go to heaven because you come to church every week and sing the hymns. You don't go to heaven because you're a Baptist. You don't go to heaven because you do sacrificial duties or you read your Bible or you pray even. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy name on Jesus' name. On Christ the, help me out, solid rock I stand, all other ground, is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand you see i know john's in your face truth the spirit's in your face truth i know jesus christ is god and i know that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that jesus christ is lord heavenly father thank you for your word this morning Lord, we've not followed cunningly devised fables or science falsely so called. We've not followed an an ism or we're not a part of a denomination. We're not a part of just a group of people with a certain uh, belief system. But Lord, our faith is built on the word of God. It's built on you, Lord Jesus, and we acknowledge that there is no Christianity without you, Jesus, and you are all of Christianity. Oh, help us to put you first. And Lord, in just these moments of reflection, I, you know my heart, I can't hide it from you. I, I, I like summer. I like vacation time. You've given us those opportunities to go, and I hope everyone in this room gets to have some vacation time this year, maybe even this summer. But oh God, help us never to vac- vacate from you. Help us not to take time off and Lord, make the amusement park more important than the house of God. Lord, help us to be tuned in to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray you bless in our moments of invitation as we're reminded that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus, your blood and your righteousness. I do pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. As we stand, on 477 it is, 477. Let's sing the first and last.